Hi, I'm Elaine Boddy. And I'm David Treadway. And welcome to our second festive edition of the Food Bod Pod, a lush Irish Christmas. With Matthew's Cotswold Flower. Well, thank you for all of your feedback and comments about our first festive special at the beginning of December. It's so good to know that you enjoyed hearing Cherie Denham and Tracy Toner as they prepared their recipes, discussed their memories of Christmas in Northern Ireland and talked about the traditions, food and the characters they remember and shared their stories. And there's lots more where that came from as we return to Cherie's Kitchen for part two of A Lush Irish Christmas. Yes, and we've got baked figs, stuffed dates, Christmas jam and jelly, two kinds of baked cheese, some festive sourdough rolls, more spiced pear and cider chutney and tips and recommendations about Irish suppliers, including dulse or seaweed and an amazing cheese board. And we all had so much fun recording these two episodes, Elaine. We hope that some of that atmosphere comes across. Tracy and Cherie just sparked off each other and the pleasure at being together was really so obvious, even though they'd never actually met before. Uh, Oh, yeah, never in person. That's right, Yeah. yeah. So um, it was a pleasure to be in the same room as them, it really was. So let's get back to Cherie's kitchen as she and Tracy continue to prepare their food and recipes for their lush Irish Christmas. Ladies, it's cooking time. So (laughs) you've got a whole array of fabulous ingredients in front of you. So please tell us, what are you making, Tracy? Well, I'm making a few things to go on a cheese board, Um, a festive cheese board. And they're pretty simple to make, but they just make a cheese board that a little bit more special. So I have nice dates, which I'm stuffing with spiced pear and cider chutney. Uh, triple rose smoked uh, cheese from Ballylisk Cheese. It's a local company beside me, about 10 miles away from me, and their cheeses are incredible. And then I'm dipping them and rolling them in crushed pistachio nuts. Next to this I have figs, which I'm stuffing with a mixture of feta and Greek yogurt. And I will drizzle it with it's a blackberry and thyme um, balsamic. And then it will work lovely with my dandelion jelly in lieu of honey. Right. And then I will bake them and I am going to top them with these incredible pearl bursts, blackberry and thyme pearl bursts. They're amazing. They, they, ju- they just are. They, they pop in your mouth. Yeah, just, I've never had anything like that. But yet again, they're baked in the oven and they're a nice addition to a cheese board, but yet they're still so simple. Um, and using local ingredients again, you know. And what's going on with this puff pastry next to you then? Over here, it's just a little bit different way. People have big camembert or big brie at Christmas time. Again, this is Ballylisk and it's a brie. What I've done is I've got a puff pastry. I have my Christmas jam, which has cranberries, raspberries, cinnamon and clove in it. And it works incredibly well with this particular cheese. So then I'm going to bake that in the oven for about 20 minutes, about 180. But what I do with that then is whenever it comes out of the oven, I'm going to let that cool so I can slice it. I'm not going to have it as a dipping cheese. It's going to be one that I can slice, so then you'll get the layer of pastry, the Christmas jam, and then the brie that has um, gone 
harder again and you can just slice that and put that on so your we're not board. having a melty cheese thing no and Cherie's going to um, do a melty cheese with the the ballylisk brie again okay. so we are showing kind of a couple of different ways that you can do cheeses this the same type of cheese actually so what you've got is you've got rolled puff pastry so yeah. shop-bought puff pastry yes just shop-bought is not no it's, it's the handiest if you're going to start you're going to start making it into a, a big job if you're going to start making your own puff pastry so it's oh, to yeah. try and make it convenient easy and different and i would say the circle that you've cut then is just whatever size yeah, circle you can get the from the roll yeah it's kind of double the diameter of the cheese yeah then you've got a layer of the jam you've put in the bottom. Yep. You're putting the cheese in the middle and you're wrapping the puff pastry over it. So you're making yep. a parcel. I am. I'm making a parcel to try and put into a little dish to put into the oven. I will flip the, the folded part of the pastry downwards and then I will bake the, it with the cheese at the bottom, the jam at the top and the puff pastry then. Wow. Do you brush the pastry with anything? Um, you can brush it with a little egg. Okay, so whilst Trace is getting on with that then, Cherie, Cherie, tell me what you're making. So I am going to do a sourdough, but make it into like little rows. So I had thought about doing a, a tear and share. So we're going to see if the sourdough that I've made will fit around the outside of the little dish that I'm going to bake the brie in. And then we can just tear pieces off and eat it and dunk it into the... Whoa. very nicely soft and runny brie so, so what this, have you got here so this is just your basic recipe for sourdough and then into that i have put tracy's cranberry and apple chutney Lovely. okay so about two tablespoons of that we put in last night and a handful of dried cranberries as well right okay so i'm just going to turn this out so you made the dough and you put it into your little banneton. Mm -hmm. So you've turned it out, you've got the dome of dough in front of you. Yes, and I'm just going to use my pastry scraper to cut this into, well, I'm going to use my knife now, to cut it into about um, eight pieces. Oh, okay, so you're gonna, you're gonna chop it up and then... Into, into pieces. Into the eight wedge pieces, yeah. triangles. So, and then what we're gonna do is... That. Oh, and you're going to place them, them around, around the edge here. So we're placing the wedges of dough around the bowl that you're going to bake the brie in. Yep. Let's see how it works. And we're just artfully placing them so that they'll take on their own shape. And yeah, we're going to be able to pull them apart. The brie, I'm going to just take that out of its wrapper. So will you bake it with the brie in there now, or do you put that in later? I'm going to put the brie in there now, because these should only take about 20 minutes. Okay, cool. And then put it into this wee dish, like a wee tapas dish. Okay. Then what I'm going to do here, Elaine, is put a few wee slices in the brie with your, your knife across the brie. Then garlic clove. So I'm just going to cut this garlic clove up into slivers. I'm going to cut, make sure that it's really, really nice and fine. So the finer it is, the more wee pieces I can get in. And also then when people dip, it won't... So you're stuffing that into the brie? Yeah, so the wee slits that I've made with, with the um, knife, then if it's really lovely and fine, people won't be overwhelmed by a big chunk of garlic. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because it is yeah. only going in for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Okay, so just push those in. And then what I'm going to do is take some 
thyme, some fresh thyme, and put that in there as well. Some salt and pepper over the top. This is a salt with loads of herbs as well, and dried herbs as well, oregano, thyme, rosemary. So do you make that yourself? Yes. So I get rock salt, and then I just put loads of dried stuff through it. And then I'm just going to drizzle this with a tiny wee bit of olive oil. Mm. Tracy, you've already wrapped up your cheese and your jam into the pastry. Yes, and, and I'm just turn that over now so that you've got the folded sides down. Yes. So what are you doing in preparation for putting it in the oven? I just brush the top and just the sides of it very lightly with a little beaten neck. So in we go, in. ladies. Yeah. Oh, Tracy. Yes. Tell us about this. Is this the chutney from last night? Yes. Yes, yes. Wow. So, so you've now transferred this into the most fabulous, huge copper pot. It's lovely, isn't it? It's amazing. My children bought that for me for my birthday last month. And it's incredible because it gives me a lovely wide base. And as you can see, it fits perfectly on the agar. And it's, it's a beautiful pan to work with because it's shallow, but it's wide but it radiates the heat very, very, very well. Mm. And it retains the color beautifully of the, the fruits because you're not, you're not overcooking it. I mean, I'm just yeah. amazed at the pan. It's just so beautiful and shiny. Yeah. My copper pans don't look like that. Well. I'd be scared uh, to use it because it looks so beautiful. I actually was afraid to use it, but I think, I think copper pans actually wear beautifully because yeah. um, as they mark and as they, they get, Worn, I think that's all part of their journey, and I think it's that, that's just my excuse. That's why my copper pans all look brown. Yes, as a student, we had to clean the copper pans, but with a, a solution of or a mixture of egg whites, salt, flour, and vinegar. Mm. And the smell in the kitchens whenever all of those dozens and dozens of pans were being were being cleaned. But I tell you what, it worked amazingly. Oh, it's it, uh, tomato ketchup. That's what I was oh going to say. Oh my gracious! Tomato ketchup, ketchup should eat too thing. expensive now, though. No, that's what I put in mine was tomato ketchup. Really? But yeah. it, or uh, anything tomato based. So if you've got a copper pan and you make something in it that's tomato based and it runs down the side, even if you bake beans, yeah, you can see it cleans it as it goes. Yeah. Shri, what are you doing? So I am going to make garlic and herb butter for whenever the rolls come out of the oven I'm going to brush them in this butter right so it's probably about 85 grams of butter there probably about 10 sprigs of thyme just the leaves taken off then I'm going to put in a couple of cloves of garlic and just leave that gently at the back of the agar just to all melt and mingle together and it just then makes this lovely rich butter to go over the top of the rolls and then it sinks in well I need to talk to you about butter because to me, you're the butter queen. She Aww. is. Yes, she is. With Thanks. your videos of making butter. I mean, Thank just... you. But you, you, you make it look so simple. Again, something that other people might not think of doing. You just, you just... Do you know what it is? You need a really good high fat quality, a really good cream. And you need to leave your cream probably at room temperature for about two hours. And then when you use a churn, I use one of those Kilner butter churns. And when you churn it, or if you don't have one, you could do it in a magic mix. You can do it in a freestanding mixer, yeah, you know, yeah. or, or with a hand mixer. After about eight minutes in a wee hand turning churn, you get butter and buttermilk. You put the butter into a, a colander lined with a muslin. You pour in your butter and buttermilk. The buttermilk goes through. You can use that to make a bread. And then you've got this amazing fresh, fresh butter. You rinse it out a few times in iced water 
and then you shape it or you put it into a a Tupperware or a I mean, if you don't have those wooden patty things, yeah. you can just push it into a, a pot. Exactly that. Okay. Yeah. Or okay. a Tupperware or, or if you want the shape, line it with baking parchment, then put it into your, you know, yeah. Tupperware and then you've, you've still got your shape of butter type thing. But it'll last for two to three weeks in a fridge, two to three months in a freezer. Okay. It's brilliant. And it's just a taste of home to me. I just love and then you put as much salt in it as you like. I've got some that I made the other day. Here's one I made earlier <laughs> in a and perfect little brown paper pack. So this... Tied up with brown string. I mean... Brown paper packages. Here we go. So oh. this has got dulse in it. So Irish... Uh, so Atlantic seaweed. seaweed. Yep. Wow. And um, you just rehydrate about two teaspoons of dulse and then you, you rinse that off, you chop it up and put it through your mixture, your butter, and it just... So can we try some of that later? Yes, absolutely. So, so um, I'm going to ask both of you this then. Is dulse, the, the whole seaweed thing, is that something you both have grown up with as well? I... Or is that a newer thing in it's... Ireland? I have a lovely friend who has the rights to part of the strand. I'm up, yeah, Michelle, Michelle Crawford Seaweed Rocks. She's incredible, mm -hmm. and she makes the most amazing seaweed salts. And she, she knows so much about all the different seaweeds. And I think seaweed has become such a huge thing of the last five or ten years. More but did so you grow up with it though? Well, I only knew about it because of the Islamosphere. Yeah. Because in the, there's a line in the Islamosphere. Um, would you treat your Marianne to some dulce and yellow man? So dulce, the seaweed, and the yellow man is honeycomb, yellow man honeycomb. So as a child, I remember, you know, mummy and daddy would always sing the song. One year we went to Bally Castle to the Islamosphere. That made the excitement was real, and because they always sold the pulse, the dulce in these pink and white um, candy striped bags, mm -hmm. right? And the the yellow man was always in plastic bags, yeah. wasn't it? So you thought pink and white stripy bag that's got to be good whatever's in there <laughs> oh my gracious it was as salty as yes, anything very very salty so as a child it's not so but then now we know if you take the two together probably absolutely delicious it's lovely and do you know what i mean it's brilliant stuff so healthy too. michelle does so many things with it as well she does face masks with it and she does oils with it and and you know it's great it, what i always knew about seaweed before putting it in products and eating it um, would have been it's fantastic for your vegetable plot. It's fantastic yes. for your soil. It's fantastic the nutrients in it for going down into your soils. So yeah. you kind of grew up with it, but for different uses. For different uses, yeah. it's, but it's become a, a big part of people's diet now. I would have uh, Michelle stuff and I would put seaweed. I would add it into my soups and stews so that the children didn't know, but they were still getting the, yeah, the, yeah. the seaweed in it. I use her um, seaweed salts in my uh, sardos whenever I'm oh, making cool. the sardos. What, what have we got going on with your figs now then over there? My figs, I am stuffing these at the moment with um, the Greek yogurt and feta cheese. I'm going to drizzle them now with boron balsamics, blackberry and thyme So you put that on vinegar. before you're cooking them? Yeah, I'm going to put a little of my dandelion jelly over right. the top and they will be roasted in the oven. So with this cheese mix, with the feta and Greek yogurt mix, yeah. 
Is that going to hold its shape or is it going to melt? What's that going to do? It kind of melts through it, but not. It, it, hopefully it will hold its shape some way. But this is something that you can serve in a little dish as a, at the side of a cheese board. And then as it cools or whatever, you can lift off. Brilliant. Okay. Because Happy it needs is. to cool for me to add the pearl, the pearl bursts as well. What temperature is your low oven? These about 180. Right, these need to, to go in for about 20 minutes. So Tracy is about to put our beautiful figs into the low oven in the Argo. So that's in the bottom and we've yeah. still got the chutney. the chutney going on on the top. Yeah. We've got some herby butter going on over here. Yes, that's so... Man, the smells that are in this So that's kitchen. literally just softened. Uh, the butter's melted. The garlic has gone in there. And then after about a minute, I've taken it off the heat so that the garlic doesn't burn. So it's just infusing now. So there's all that time and everything infusing in there now. And I think it's really important for people to know that Cherie and Tracy had never met in person before today. No. And they are working in perfect harmony in the kitchen. Thank you. Which is a major thing to do, really, when the kitchen is your space and yep. you're letting someone else into it. I, I tell you, it, it just seems to work in perfect harmony. I don't know what it is, Tracy. No. So what we're doing here, you've got some, we've got a tray with some jars that have just come out of the hot oven, so yep. they're sterilised. They're sterilised. We've got the funnel in the top. Yep. And you, you're just, just about sterilized. to... I'm just going to to pick the cinnamon sticks out of it because they're quite big. I do keep the star anise in because I think it, it infuses nicely into the chutney, but I pick the cinnamon sticks out. So we're spooning chutney into yep. the prepared jars. <gasps> yep. Look, liquid gold. So then whenever you spoon the, the chutney into a jar, it's good to actually give it a tap or bang it. So you're getting any air pockets. Right, okay. So we're just gently it. banging just it. Just gently on bang the side. it before you would seal it and then you have no air pockets. Okay. And in. that's perfectly at the top level. I have three thousand jars to make within six weeks. Every single thing that I do is is done by hand. Cherie you know asked me last night. I love your paper tops. Please tell me you don't make them all, cut them all by hand. And I said, yeah, I cut every single paper top by hand. Wow. I just thought 3,000. <laughs> I would be employing a child. I, I, have, think, I, think, I have children. I, exactly, I, that's what they, I mean. I'd be no, they're excuse you you'd, be, you'd be getting your children yes, involved. Yes. Yes, let's just state that the way you meant Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I'd be employing my child. Do you know, it's something I, what I love about this. We're all women of a very similar age. Everything that all three of us do has just evolved from the things that we love doing in our kitchens that have yeah. evolved into the work that we now do. Yeah, and also around, around our children. Yes. You know, our jobs became and because life. of our children. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I only, when I first started making sourdough, I only started to make more and more and more because Ben loved it. Yes. And it's all he wanted to eat. So, you know, that's where it developed from you get to a point where there is more time on your hands and all those things that you've learned then turn into what you end up doing. Yes, absolutely. But also with being encouraged by our children as well, which I think is lovely, because they're all enjoying it as well. And whenever they say they like something, 
it means more than anything, oh. I think. Like, obviously, my children are very honest about what they like and they don't like. So but so are mine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, there's no room for your feelings at times, but... But at least they know. I mean, you'd rather not be absolutely. giving them something they don't like. Yeah, absolutely. But I was always so proud of the fact that all the way through middle and senior school, Ben still wanted his sandwiches made from sourdough. Oh, oh He didn't want the same bread as his mates, but his mates wanted his sandwiches. Yes. You know, which, oh, I loved that. Oh, we're taste testing. We're taste testing the chutney. Yeah. Yum. Tra Tracy doesn't know I already stuck a spoon in it earlier. <laughs> and so did I. Oh, oh new chutney. <laughs> Matthew's Cotswold Crunch Flour is a speciality blend of strong bread flour, malted wheat flakes and malt flour for bread and rolls. It has a nutty taste and a signature darker colour. Matthew's Cotswold Crunch is a great taste award winner and ideal for all kinds of bread and rolls. It's especially popular with sourdough bakers due to its flavoursome multi-aroma and added texture from wheat flakes. Try it in your next dough, on its own or blended with Matthew's Churchill, strong white or white spelt flour. Matthew's Cotswold Crunch. Available at cotswoldflour.com or at branches of Tesco or Waitrose supermarkets. Tracy's spiced pear and cider chutney is absolutely delicious. It's so full of flavour and the wonderful texture of those conference pears. And Tracy said that she's certain that the reason the pears retain their texture is down to her method of making the chutney by hand. The whole process from, from start to finish, absolutely superb. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. She's literally a one-woman machine. <laughs> and although on this occasion, Tracy used the chutney to stuff dates with, you can, of course, just eat it with cheese, as we do very often, yeah. or stirred into porridge, as I do very often. <laughs> um, and in so many other ways, or just um, with a spoon, as I do very often. Yes, which I have seen you do <laughs> quite often. Um, I can also recommend, incidentally, recommend that chutney with sausages or cured meats charcuterie for example it works so well as does Tracy's bramley and walnut oh, chutney yes. which i think is is one of our favorites really delicious but back to the kitchen just as the oven timer has sounded Ooh. tracy's puff pastry my bread oh it's getting a bit excitable look at that oh my gosh okay that camembert Oh, was it camembert or brie? Brie. I remember. brie. brie. Look at that. Ooh. So we've got massively bubbling, amazing cheese going on, surrounded by beautiful bread and a little this puff is... ball of puff pastry. And this has to cool. Oh, it, oh. This one needs to cool. Yeah, so... but look at the cheese bubbling out of yeah. it. I mean, that takes some real self-control so Cherie you're putting the this is the garlic and thyme and butter going over the top of the rolls and just dicing them all in that garlic butter and then I've got some honey from home in Northern Ireland and it's a lovely company called Summerhill honey who we we've put in the book actually they're called Fred and Catherine Warden, and they have got hives at the bottom of the sparrows, at the bottom of the morns. Their bees are all, all feed on wild flowers. And one of their honeys has got the same, 
qualities as Manuka. Oh, oh wow it's amazing stuff so i'm just going to drizzle i'm just going to try to just drizzle a wee bit of this honey over the top here just like that oh. and just let that settle in and then in a few minutes we're going to put a wee bit more of the melted butter on and just let that all sink into the bread it really yeah. does smell incredible so with your pastry tracy with your cheese filled pastry you're going to but how are you managing to resist? So you're just going to let that cool in its little pot? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to slice around it and see. I'm not sure whether I can actually lift it out of the pot, but I will see. The okay. one that I did before, I had slightly bigger pots, so I could slide, put a pallet knife under it and lift it off yeah. onto a wire rack. But I'll see how this one works in the smaller pot. Okay, and you're just now finishing off some more of your dates? Yes, um, with the, I'm stuffing the dates with the currant cider chutney and then I'm going to put the smoked cheese on top of it and then I'm going to roll them into the crushed pistachios. I mean, and the, and the colours and, you know, with dates and pistachio and everything, I mean, it's such iconic. But you could use any nuts, really. You could oh, you use could. a mixture of chopped nuts. Absolutely. There's all, you know, you could have chopped seeds. There's all yeah. sorts of things walnuts, that you could do. Walnuts. You could, you could actually um, do like a lovely um, roasted walnut. I'm going to just lovely. check my figs to see what they're like in the. Okay. The so oven. we're back over to the Argo, looking at the figs. They're coming, aren't they? Yeah. So, so the figs are starting to open up yeah. a bit. So I think about five more minutes. Yeah. This one here, I'll try, just turn it round because. Smell them. Yeah. So ladies, our chutney experts, why do you put paper discs in the top of your chutney? It's to, to create a seal. Okay. Now, I don't do this for my commercial ones because what I do is I have my lids warm and I have my jars warm and seal the jar with a, a hot lid. So this is traditionally the way my aunt yeah. Um, and Cherie's family My probably have done it. it. Yeah. yeah, and it's to create like a, a seal over the, the top of the, the product. Okay. Um, to basically stop the air getting into the product for putting it off. For longevity? For longevity. Okay, yeah. so when, when you then eat it, do you need to be putting it back or once you've lifted it, no, you've kind of broken the seal? No, once you've lifted it, you, you, that's fine because you've okay. already opened it at that stage. So then you can just um, okay. store it in the, the fridge. So we've got more butter going over the top of the uh, bread rolls. Yes. Yeah. Then this will be the last one and then that's it. Then we can... And you find if you brush butter over them, it doesn't take away the crustiness? No, you've still got the difference in texture. It's really soft in the middle with the harder right side. Oh, I love it. Smells amazing. It does. And now, coming out of the oven, we've got Tracy's figs, which has got the feta and Greek yogurt mix in them, and the dandy dandelion jelly. And the dandelion jelly. With then the blackberry and thyme balsamic vinegar, and now I'm putting. Uh, blackberry and thyme pearl bursts. These are amazing. We need to tell people where to find these because they, they not only do they taste amazing, they look so cool. Don't they look so incredible? They they're do. so festive, aren't they? Burn balsamics. The burn, is a burn balsamics, um, Susie and Rob, they're fabulous. And they f their products, I have a whole shelf dedicated in my larder to all of their balsamic vinegars. Do they ship overseas? They do. Ooh, even and they're, st they're stocked in Harrods and they're stocked. In Dubai, they're, they're just, they're, their stuff is incredible. It's really, really, really good. I mean, and they're they, very passionate about what they do. This is a cheese board with a difference. 
but that's a cheese board with a difference with stuff that's still so easy to make. But I think also there's some fun with it. You could very easily get people involved with stuffing the dates. Of course. With, you know, and then rolling them in the Absolutely. nuts. So it can be... Children. You could have a yeah. little conveyor belt of children, <laughs> yes. Your own children. Yes. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've, you've got more than me, you two, so you'd have a bit more of a conveyor belt going on. Yeah. If, if it was my eldest, though, he would be making one, eating one, making one, eating one. Which, as yes, as you've all seen, is what but that's, that's some he of the best it. parts, isn't it? It's it's just whenever you're baking with a child, the first thing they want to do is put the the wooden spoon in their mouth with the chocolate spoon. So our pastry bomb is sitting outside at the moment, cooling. Yes. To be able to turn to, it out and yeah. slice it. Yeah. I think for me, it's all the flavors here. There's yeah. so many wonderful flavors going on. There and are. we've got some pomegranate seeds as well. Yep. So you've got open there your Christmas jam. Again, it can go with whatever. You know, it would be equally as nice with the, the sourdough rolls because there's the cinnamon and clove in it. It would be equally as nice with the dipping cheese and a little bit uh, dip into your jam as well. Or the cranberry and apple chutney. I think we have some of it to be able to put onto the cheese board as well. But it's, so. For me, it's that collection of flavours. There has to be layers of flavours and textures Thank you. and just this aromas. Is, this just is it because so many people have so many different tastes and I think you need the, the sweet with the spicy with the savoury because that allows you to appreciate each one for what they are. As you say, layers of flavours. So in Cherie's nice. book she has a, an apple and whiskey cake that we've seen a lot of people make online. Yes. So I asked her to make me a version minus the whiskey. Man, that looks good. It's bigger than my head. <laughs> so <laughs> I put the sultanas into apple juice rather than soaking them in the whiskey, which is what I normally do. And But everything else is absolutely the same. And it just worked brilliantly. It looks amazing. Really good. Yeah, it does look amazing. You have to let me know what you think. It's, it, it'll probably be better because I made it. Not yesterday, the day before. It'll probably be even better today and yeah. tomorrow. But I, I see, I, I think everything that we make is better the next day or mm. the day after because you get time for flavours to develop. Yes. I it's think actually if, if meal times were just a collection of leftovers, <laughs> if you actually cooked for the next day and the yeah. day after, mm. you get so much more flavour. Everything, chilli, soup, everything tastes yeah, better the, the next development. Day. Yeah. So me and Sheree are just happily chatting here whilst you're working away there, Tracy. Yeah. So you're just chopping up some more I'm bits just, and pieces. Yeah, I think it's important to have a selection of cheeses on your, your cheese board as well. Again, for the different fruits that it'll go with. So I have some grips in the pantry and then I have goat cheese, I have blue cheese. We, we could pretend here brie. that half the village is coming to join us to eat, but they're not, are they? But they're not, It's no. just us. It's just us. <laughs> Tracy has given me some Bramley's from home yeah and they're in the pantry and every time i open the pantry door oh my gracious go and the get smell. a couple so we can hold them up and show people oh, just yeah. how big these bramley apples are i hadn't realized the provenance which we talked about previously but also the size of them these are huge beautiful apples they smell yeah. like apples should smell yeah i have a, an apple fair festival beside me which the like a bramley apple harvest festival and it's a fabulous market to be at. I had a, a bit of a shocker there the other day. Andy said to me, Sure, have you been down to the vegetable patch recently? <laughs> and I said, no, I haven't. Because I haven't had the chance to, because everything's been kicking off of the book. So I just haven't had the chance. He says, well, there's courgettes growing out through the gate. I says, there can't be courgettes growing out through the gate because I didn't plant courgettes. 
and he said, well, there's something with flowers on it going out through the gate. So I went down to the bottom of the garden to the veg patch. Oh my gracious, there are like triffids growing out through the gate. <laughs> and, these, and I'm saying, so I see all these wee things like this here, right? There's about 20 of them, right? All these wee things throughout. They're like gods. Yes. But then I saw these flowers. I think they're like wee squash flowers. So uh, my lovely friend Jenny Heath, who's a brilliant gardener, does grows all her own vegetables. She's fantastic. So I quickly DM Jenny and I said, Jenny, can I eat these? Send her a photograph. She says, yeah, they're just flowers from squash or something. I said, brilliant. So you would have loved it. Did you fill them with goat's cheese or cream cheese? Ricotta, oh. parmesan, basil, chilli, thyme. And then I made a batter with self-raising flour and just enough fizzy water to make it the consistency yeah. of double cream. So once you fill the flour, you then twist them at the top so it seals all the filling in. Yeah. And then you put them into the batter and then you just fry them off. Oh, oh my gracious. And Elaine, with some honey just drizzled over the top, the crunch was just so lovely. So actually, I'm glad that they yeah, were so got, growing out all over the place. So yeah. we've got this fabulous board going on, Tracy. Oh my gosh, that's a cheese board. So you've added um, some grapes, some other cheeses, some nuts. And some slices of persimmon. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. colour. But this is still too runny. It hasn't solidified. Oh, enough. but it's delicious, Tracy. Yeah. Oh. So, 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 oh. so basically, if you left it, say overnight. If I left it, if you leave it for a couple of hours, um, it probably should have been done this morning. But. But that's fine. We can just spoon that out and eat we it as it is. We can taste that and tell you if it's all right. Yeah. Don't <laughs> you worry. We'll let you know. <laughs> Maize Bite from Matthew's Cotswold Flour is a speciality pastry flour blend with maize flour to give a crisp golden coloured pastry. It's particularly suitable for sweet products and strikes the perfect balance between flakiness and tenderness. Maize Bite is the ideal pastry flour for making mince pies, pie crusts, tarts, biscuits and cookies of all kinds. It produces beautifully crisp and tasty pastry and is perfect for party food mini tarts, quiches and sausage rolls. There's a delicious and easy to make shortbread recipe using just three ingredients, maize bite, caster sugar and butter at cotswoldflour.com where you can also order maize bite from Matthew's Cotswold Flour. Oh, what amazing recipes. Earlier, Shri and I were discussing her apple cake with whiskey and sultanas and she made a version for me which used apple juice instead of whiskey and it was really delicious, really delicious. The full recipe can be found in Cherie's first book, The Irish Bakery, by Andrew Montgomery and Cherie Denham, which has just been shortlisted for the best first cookbook category in the World Cookbook Awards. And we wish Cherie every success with it. Uh, the book is now available from the Montgomery Press at www.montgomerypress.co.uk and full details are on Cherie's Instagram page. Search for at Cherie Denham Cooks if you don't already follow her. But back to the food and everything's out of the oven. All the jams and chutneys and sozzled prunes, the cheese board with the stuffed dates and figs, the baked brie cheeses, the apple and cranberry sourdough, caramelised oranges with the meringues, everything's on the table. So why don't we get stuck in? 
Wow. We are currently faced with a whole sea of amazingness. I don't quite know where to begin. <laughs> I'm with you there, actually. Thank you so much for all of this. I think the best thing to do is for us all to um, have a dig in. But oh. Clockwise so, or anti-clockwise? I don't, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> there's just, just, we've got everything. In front of me are the figs looking fabulous. Uh, and over there we've got all the dates. Uh, we've got Cherie's rolls and the fabulous cheese in the middle. And... Oh, the puff pastry, little bomb. Oh, so first of all, thank you both so much because you've done you. so much work. Thank you. And we've rattled through an awful lot. So thank you very, very much. Please do start eating because I, I know we'll talk to you as we go. But <laughs> is this a typical thing that you may have at Christmas? I certainly do. Uh, yeah. At Christmas, yeah. It's not something that we would have had whenever I was growing up. And mm -hmm. um, we wouldn't have had the, the figs or the, all the lovely different cheeses. I think the most cheese that I would have had whenever I was growing up would have been cheddar cheese. Or goat's cheese yeah. or something like that that was more local. I actually didn't like goat's cheese for ages mm, mm. until recently. I think it was just an, an I think you have to taste. find the right one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. There's actually an incredibly good one at home. Have you ever tried it? Um, five five my time. It is the best. It's delicious. Yes, please. Fabulous with roasted beetroot. Oh, delicious. So good. I put it with my beetroot and orange chutney. Oh, delicious. Cinnamon and clove. And it's so good. How are you going to serve that lovely warm cheese? How would you serve it? With a spoon. No, I didn't say how are you going to eat it. That's what I would do. And then, likewise, Tracy, how would you serve your puff pastry? It still needs to cool slightly, but the one that I did previous, you can actually slice it and have it on the cheese board sliced. Wow. So, so if it was a bit cooler, that's what you'd be able to do. If it was a bit do. cooler, you'd be able to just slice it. At the moment, I think you're going to probably need to spoon it, but oh. you, you'll still get the puff pastry with the Christmas jam and the, the brie, the Ballylisk brie. Tracy, would you like some of this one? I sure would. Before we get yeah, really yeah. stuck into eating so that I can eat and not have to keep talking, <laughs> something I forgot to ask you earlier, Tracy. Mm -hmm. So what would be your quick and easy fast meal at home on a weekday night? Well, a staple in our house would be either very, very basic food, um, would be stew. Stew with like a braised meat. It's not quick in that I slow cook the meat, but it's quick in the preparation. Because okay, you just basically, yeah, for throwing it together, you braise the, the meat with a little white onion, mm. and I put Worcestershire sauce into mine, mm. and I braise that, and then I put a little water over it, and I put it into my low oven of my aga for about two hours, oh. and then what I do is um, I have the potatoes and the carrots and that uh, the veg prepared at the side. Whenever the meat is tender, you just throw the veg in, put the lid on again, stick it in the low oven again for about another hour or so. Mm. And that's it cooked and serve it with crusty bread. So whenever I'm very busy and I can't, you know, be watching pans and pots, it is such a handy, fast, go-to meal and my children love it. And they I guess it. the long, slow cooking, not that low heat, 
must make it so tenderize tender. it. Yeah, tenderizes it. I, 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 I slow cook everything. That's why my wow. son loves coming home from London. I slow cook oh, everything. One of the, th the first things that I got that I made sure that he got when he moved to London as a student was a slow cooker. Oh. Because he was going to be in an apartment and he was phoning me and saying, how do you make your stew, mommy? How do you make your minced carrots and onions? And, and he would prepare his food before he went out to university. He would come home and he'd have a slow cooked meal mm. sitting there. Brilliant. I think you can tell the children they have come from households where the food's been made mm. because they want to continue that when they leave home. Yeah. Can it's I just say, your brie studded with garlic Mm -hmm. and the herbs oh my gosh and the figs with the feta and greek yogurt Ooh. and the little oh i, ha I haven't I ha tasted that yet. your dandelion jelly and the those little pearls on the top oh and your bread oh <laughs> right we're going to just take a little break whilst we eat and then we'll come back with um another question that i've got for you sheree when i can Hope remember it the chutney actually works really well in the bread mm. the cranberry mm. chutney doesn't mm. it and the dried cranberries. Mm -hmm. It's lovely, your bread's lovely, sure. Oh, Matthew's Cotswold Regenerative All-Purpose Flour is the first of its kind in the UK and designed for everyday baking. It's milled from a blend of the highest quality regeneratively farmed wheats to produce a fine consistency, rich in flavour and with protein levels of between 10.5 and 10.7%. Regenerative all-purpose white flour can be used for making breads and brioche, pastry, cakes, shortbreads, sauces and a variety of fantastic savoury or sweet baked goods. Try the on-pack recipe for hummingbird cake or visit cotswoldflour.com for more recipe ideas. Matthew's Cotswold Regenerative All-Purpose Flour is available now at Branches of Tesco. So we now have mm. our uh, candied oranges and sozzled prunes and the most perfect little meringues I have ever seen. Thank you. So, I mean, the colour, the shape, uh, it's just amazing. So please, what are the secrets to getting such brilliant meringues? I always do double the quantity of sugar to egg. So if I've got two egg whites, I will use four ounces of sugar or 110 grams. And then you whip up your egg whites and get them really stiff before you start adding your sugar bit by bit. So spoonful by spoonful. So what has to happen is the egg whites have to accept the sugar and get really nice and stiff between each addition. Okay. And then once it's almost all in and you've got a really, you can almost feel the beaters pulling on the meringue mixture because it is so stiff, then you can add in the last bit all at the end. And the more you beat, the more it breaks down the sugar so your mixture's nice and soft. And then when you pipe it, it shouldn't weep as long as your oven is a nice even temperature. So I do mine at about 110 degrees and I pipe them into small blobs, I would well, say they're really. Peaks. They're lovely. Mm. Mm. Do you add vinegar, white vinegar, or no, corn flour to yours? Vanilla, just vanilla extract. Yeah. And I'd, if I was making a pavlova, I absolutely would mm -hmm. add the corn flour and the vinegar. Um, but these, these are still chewy in the middle, but they're, mm. not, they're not too mallowy, no. whereas a, a pavlova, you would want to be much more mallowy than this. Mm. So, so your corn flour and your vinegar gives off that reaction, chemical reaction to make them mallowy. But um, it's the colour, the colours are even, there's not, there's not a brown tint on any peak. 
after they've been in for an hour, I leave the door of the oven ajar uh, by putting two wooden spoons down yeah. into the door to keep it open. So really, one of the tricks is the very low heat. So you need um, yeah. the right consistency of the mix. Yes. And then a very low heat. And would you do it in your agar or your electric oven? I do them in the electric oven. So do I. Yeah. And are you mixing? And I think you get a nicer colour. Uh, no, I use a handheld electric whisk, yeah. Okay. But if I was doing a big quantity, I'd put it all in the freestanding mixer. Now, if I was going to make a load of meringues or a pavlova, and I had lots of egg whites to do, and obviously a lot of sugar, I put the whole lot into the freestanding mixer for about 10 minutes, and whisk and whisk and whisk, and keep that going constantly, and it comes together into a really stiff meringue. Okay. But if you're only doing a few, I do the slow method where I add the sugar bit by bit. Do you have a preference for using your brown vinegar or white vinegar, or do you use whatever you have in the pantry? I just use white wine vinegar all the time. Yeah. What do you, what do you use? I use whatever I have, mm. uh, and I find that it doesn't really make any difference. An awful lot of the recipes say that you have to use the white wine vinegar, or you have to use white vinegar. I have used the brown vinegar or whatever, and it has been absolutely fine. And mm. So it doesn't change the colour? No, it doesn't change the colour, it doesn't change the flavour. I don't know, that's why I'm, I was interested to know what vinegar you used, but I haven't found any difference in it. And then they'll keep for at least four to five days in an airtight container. And if you've got loads of bits and pieces left over, just whisking up your cream a bit, adding some caramelised oranges, adding a bit of the prune and the and the meringue, put it all together into like a, a loaf tin, and then you can just put it into the freezer and slice it down, eat it like that, it works a treat. Your caramelised oranges are to die for. Oh, They're thank you. Absolutely delicious. The wee bits of cardamom oh, seeds are nice when you hit them, do you know what I mean? Oh, well, thank you. Well, I, I'm having mine with yoghurt. Yes. Oh, so nice. And it's just handy mm. to have them coming up to Christmas. Mm -hmm. So handy, and then if people don't want something heavy like a Christmas pudding, they can just have the oranges on their own, or mm. if they wanted ice cream, if they wanted yogurt, if they wanted cream, mm. creme fraiche, it's mm. there. Oh, so whilst I sit here and uh, lick my fingers, <laughs> what comes into your mind is a traditional Irish Christmas? The first thing that comes to mind is family and just being the family. I can remember every year Everybody, my, my mum with her brothers, her sisters and all the children and everybody, we all gathered at my um, grandparents' house, my granny's house. Mm -hmm. The whole extended family and everything and it was just very much about getting together and food, eating, the turkey and ham. Uh, Is that the tradition yeah, then? definitely. Turkey and ham. And in the evening of either Christmas Day or Boxing Day, we would go up to Auntie Evelyn's and there were more family right and she would do tea mm -hmm. and she would have things like caramelized oranges meringues christmas cake fruit loaf yeah this tea back yeah yeah and custard. turkey sandwiches and custard yes but yeah, turkey sandwiches with stuffing yes so i was going to say turkey and stuffing sandwiches on boxing mm. and then auntie evelyn would play the piano and the fire would be lit there was always a turf fire yeah well, we always had the fire lit too. oh and that smell and then um, we would just sing Irish songs. It was the best crack. It was just mm. brilliant. So even in the midst of the troubles, you still had good oh, Christmases. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It was very. It was just because actually it was just awful to say, but normal. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the troubles were just normal. You had to get on with it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah.
And was there any difficulties in getting the produce that you wanted or the things you wanted for Christmas? I think back then it was more what local. The, the turkey wasn't a frozen turkey from Sainsbury's or Tesco's. It was whoever was rearing turkeys 10 miles up the road and had plucked them two days before. That's so true. And, and they plucked it and you went on Christmas Eve and you collected the turkey and it was fresh and it was in the oven. And so the, the, the idea of having difficulties getting produce if you had your turkey and your potatoes, that's all you needed. <laughs> and your veg, that's all you needed, you know? Really, there was no, it was simple, basic, good, wholesome food and family. We had a guy, a man who, who brought our turkey round every Christmas Eve, and his name was Robbie MacDonald. Mm -hmm. Robbie came round with the turkey, <laughs> very much nose to tail. So he held it by the feet and Everything was there. It's head, it's beak, every oven ready was not a thing. The other big thing that I can remember at, at Christmas time was um, the lemonade man coming and you <gasps> could get lemonade. Or stopped. Oh, well, we, we would have got, and, and you handed him back the, the, old the bottles. bottles. The bottles, and you got 10p. Yes, yes, you yes. Got 10p. And the Lucasade bottles were yeah. brilliant. Was, yeah, yeah, you got more for the Lucasade bottles. That was very yeah. good. <laughs> So are there any traditions from then that you bring into your Christmases now? I do all of that. Oh, you do it all yeah, still? Yeah, and hanging the stockings and, yeah, yeah, and leaving the milk out for Santa. My, oh, my, my children are older, my daughter's 14, and we still leave the cookies in the... Now, it kind of developed towards leaving a little bit of maybe Bailey's instead of milk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hi, but Santa has very acquired Santa and it depends who was around, who drank it. Mm. I love bringing the same traditions into our home and try to carry on um, the traditions from old. My boys would still, they're now almost 20, 18 and 16, and they still come outside with me and feed the reindeer with the mm -hmm. litter and the We oats. do that too. And we, we Very make, important. We, yeah, we make our own and the, the porridge oats with the thing and you sprinkle it over the garden for the, the reindeers to follow their way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, what happened one time though, one of our Sunday school parties. Whenever the lights went out, that's when you need to start singing Jingle Bells because that's when Santa was coming. Mm -hmm. So the lights went out, so we all... Oh, Jingle Bells. <laughs> and after about the fifth time of singing Jingle Bells and looking around us, we're thinking Santa Claus isn't coming. No. And Santa Claus always came up the street in either a pickup truck or a tractor. <laughs> Sometimes an open top tractor with an anti-roll bar as time got went on. You had to have the anti-roll bar. And a, tra a trailer on the back with all the presents. So we couldn't understand where Santa was. Anyway, Santa had been stopped down at the bottom of the road at a police checkpoint. Oh. <laughs> so that's why he wasn't coming. So finally he did come and he was, he came in. I remember him coming in and like pretending he was really exhausted and with his welly boots on. Santa Claus always wore welly boots, didn't yes. he? And, wellies. Home and, yes, yeah. wellies. We always put the put, set the pudding on fire with the, yeah, the, the brandy. The brandy and is. I try to put holly up in the house as well and because that's what we had. I don't go as far as bringing the kitchen table into the um, sit sitting room to watch The Wizard of Oz. 
No. That's one thing. I can remember that was every boxing day. Yes. The whole lot of us lying on my granny's um, floor, the carpet, and the whole lot of us lying around the television watching the, the Wizard of Oz. And those flying monkeys were terrifying. And those, I, I actually can remember, remember leaving the room a couple of times because of the terrifying. And when her her shoes curled up at the yes. toes. I mean, yes, she <laughs> curly toes. Oh my gracious! <laughs> was wild, wasn't it? It was. It's terrified me. Gee, <laughs> Joe. I thought, I don't want to be in Kansas today. I can remember my mummy told me that whenever they first got their television and they used to get baths in front of the fire in the tin bath. Yes. And her younger brother wouldn't get into the bath because he thought that the, the cowboys could see him and he wouldn't get <laughs> into the tin bath. The high chaparral. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> that is so funny. Mm. And I think, and, and my mummy makes an amazing Christmas pudding, Christmas cake. Even though she didn't have much time to bake or cook, she always did a fantastic Christmas pudding, Christmas cake. And one year, Robbie had brought round a turkey and he, uh, mummy says, Robbie, I honestly don't think that I'll be able to get that turkey into my oven. And, and Robbie says, oh, Mrs. Marshall, now you'll be able to get that and not, not a bother. And mummy says, but Robbie, that must be a 28 pound turkey. He says it's 32, but sure, it'll be no problem. So before mummy went to night duty at the hospital, she took the turkey out to daddy's workshop and cut in the, the garage legs and hacksawed off yeah, its legs. Yeah, and then she got the head off, the gizzards, now, everything was kept for the gravy. She had it all oven ready and we were trying to help her to get this turkey into the oven. Because you know it was the single ovens, there weren't, we didn't have yeah. range ovens at that time, only at the single oven. And mummy said, listen, I can't get the door of this oven closed. And Daddy's, Daddy had just walked in from the farm. And Daddy says, what do you mean you can't get it closed? And Mummy says, sir, the turkey is not going into the oven. So Daddy says, Esther, Esther, you stand with your shoulder to the door of the oven. And I keep it shut. And she says, how are you going to keep it shut, sir? He says, I've got some string. So Daddy takes his baler twine from around the middle of his coat that was keeping his, his coat shut. Mummy was standing there with her shoulder to the oven. He says, like, hold it tight, hold it tight. And she says, the flipping thing's trying to get out of the oven. <laughs> so, the flipping thing's trying to get out of the oven. So anyway, they got the, the door of the oven shut with the bailer twine. Grand job. Off mummy goes to work. That's brilliant. And then what happens at three o'clock in the morning when you're told to check the turkey? Yeah, and you exactly. go in and all the turkey grease is the all juice, over the floor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're slipping and That's sliding all my days. But anyway, it was lovely after, after Another big thing as well that I remember is always decorating the tree together. Yes, We decorate the tree together. And I do that still with my mm, children. We all have to true. get together and decorate the tree. And then we have cake. Homemade decorations. Yeah, oh, homemade. Can you remember the snowflakes that you used to go across the ceiling? Do you remember your school parties were, and you always got the, the foil from, yes. the, from the dairy? Yeah. And you used to do the little chain links. Yes, the paper chains. Chain, yeah. but, and it, but there were these tins of sheets yeah. of foil and that there were holes like, cut out of them and you yeah. thought, oh, those were amazing. It wasn't until later on you realised that, that those were the t sheets of foil that they used at Killyman Dairy, the dairy near mm. us, were the cut out holes for the milk bottle tops. But do you know what? I still, to this day, have my, my son's 24 and my other son's um, 16 and my daughter's 14. And I still have the paper snowflakes that they made in their preschool. And oh, I still, that's lovely. But I still hang them on our Christmas tree every year. They go away with the decorations and then they come back. Auntie and Adler. they're just like doilies that yeah. they have cut basically yeah. round and 
Yeah. Auntie Evelyn made cones and 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 with with um, like old wallpaper. Mm. Um, because it was stiffer and, and a loop on it that hung on the tree and she put lace and everything around it and filled them with sweets and tissue paper mm. and I remember those and she the clove oranges do you remember studying oranges studying with clove cloves oranges. and putting oh. the, the oranges with cloves and cinnamon on the I still do this mm -hmm. I put it on my agar to let it the smell. smell the scent in the kitchen oh I love it and I think that was I think you have to keep the magic alive at Christmas yeah. time I think that's the most important yeah. thing yeah it definitely is. This has been brilliant. I could just listen to the two of you talk and talk, really. <laughs> I don't even need to be here. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you, Cherie, for having us in your kitchen. Thank you for Tracy Pleasure. for making this journey over here. It's yes. been just wonderful having us all together after all this time. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've made. Thank you for all your tips. I mean, it's just been absolutely brilliant. And um, we wish everybody listening a Merry Christmas and we wish you a fabulously lush Irish Christmas. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. Merry thank Christmas you to you too. Oh, just magical. Well, how do we follow that, Elaine? I don't think we do. Well, at least not until we've reminded everyone listening that all the recipes for everything that Tracy and Cherie made for both Christmas episodes are on the website at foodbodpod.com and you can also watch what we got up to in Cherie's Kitchen at the Foodbod Pod YouTube channel. And a reminder that Trace's jams and chutneys can be found at thelushlarder.com or by using the shop app. Search for The Lush Larder and Trace's shop pages will come up. And of course, she's also on Instagram and her products really are worth ordering. Elaine, I think you almost caused a constitutional crisis by suggesting that <laughs> Tracy's chutneys are better than those produced on the Royal Estate at Sandringham. I did, and it's true, I'm afraid. I suppose that's blown my chances of appearing on the next honours list. <laughs> Dame <laughs> Elaine Body for services to sourdough and slagging off the royal chutney. <laughs> It's got a certain ring to it actually <laughs> yeah thanks for that i'll let you put that forward um but before we go we should also remind everyone that sheree's new book the irish bakery is now available it's truly beautiful truly it's a beautiful book so just go to sheree's instagram pages sheree denim cooks to find the details and how to order but also find tracy on instagram at the lush larder and see all of the beautiful things that she's making. And you will find very clearly that we're all linked and we all support each other on Instagram. So, David, we're almost at the end, not only of this episode, but of the first season of the Food Bod Pod. And what a journey it's been. We've met some wonderful home cooks, butchers, bakers, millers, cheesemakers, insects as food persuaders, pizza makers, spice blenders, oh, just so much over the last year or so and we thank everybody that's taken part in the podcast everyone for their recipes their expertise their enthusiasm for high quality good food and for welcoming us and sharing with us what they do and thanks to all of you for listening subscribing and helping to make this first season a regular podcast date and a few thanks to a few people who've helped us along the way including Chris Pierman for the loan of some audio equipment and also to Richard Lambert for his advice about editing and recording. The last time I edited before we started the podcast was using a razor blade, recording tape and a yellow china graph, so I really did need some help. So thanks to Richard for that. 
and I'm going to say thanks to you because your editing has been amazing. The amount of compliments I've received. Oh, thank you. And the way it's all of the episodes have been put together. They just they they sound better than I could ever have expected. So, yes, thank you to you. Thank you, Elaine. Um, and of course, a massive thank you to Matthews Cotswold Flower for their support, without whom none of this would have been possible. So big thank you to Bertie Matthews, Emily East, Sophie Carey, Josh Grocott and everyone at the mill. Well, we're going to take a break now, but we will be back in the spring uh, with a new season of the Food Bod Pod. So until then, it's goodbye from me, David Treadway. And from me, Elaine Food Bod Body. And why don't we leave the last words to Cherie Denim and Tracy Toner. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas! Christmas. <laughs> jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way.